What's your name? Say it. It doesn't matter what your name is. Say my name. What's your name? What? What is your name? Tony. You're listening to Don't Call Us Anthony Podcast. All guest views and opinions are their own. But don't worry, the hosts will share theirs so you can call them opinionated. But just don't call them Anthony. And now, the hosts of Don't Call Us Anthony, Cooley and Tony. John, I just want to thank you, man, for coming on the Don't Call Us Anthony podcast. Um, with that name of our podcast, there is one rule. Just don't call us Anthony or, <laughs> you know, we'll have you take a drink or something or whatever. <laughs> That's the only rule. Whatever. People have done it before and we're like, ah, just don't call us that again. So um, anyway, but I'm, I'm super, super happy to have you on, man. Um, we have a mutual friend and, and he has told me about you for a long time saying that uh, we need to talk to you. You'd be a great guest to have on the show. Um, you have worked on some really cool stuff, man, um, which I, I can't wait to get into. But um, before I tell our guests what that stuff is, would you mind just taking a couple minutes to tell people who you are and, and also you know what it is that you do, man? Sure, yeah. So uh, my name is John Campopiano. Um, and smart to have you introduce myself because in other podcasts, people freak out about the last name. How do you pronounce it? <laughs> so you just give it to me to do it. And that's that's smart. So kudos to you guys. No, um, that was planned. No, I'm uh, yeah, I do, I do. I don't know. I do a lot of different things. I mean, I, you know, um, I guess by day I'm an audiovisual archivist. I work for PBS up in Boston um, for a documentary film series. And um, when I'm not doing that, I, I write, produce independent documentaries and write for various magazines and publications um been doing it since 2011 2012 nice yeah nice now um when you say you when you work for pbs you said as far as like you know uh documentary stuff is it what kind of stuff are you doing for pbs so i i work for the uh investigative documentary film series frontline it's been around since the 80s yeah. um mm -hmm. and so i i basically do a lot of archive producing for them i i you know work with all the footage and all the different kinds of media that make up our documentaries, work with producers all around the world to help them find footage and um, clear footage. I work with the legal department. I kind of wear a lot of different hats, but um, my title is archives and rights manager for Frontline. So, um, you know, whether it's that work or my, my personal work, I'm kind of just like living and breathing documentaries like 24 seven at this point. That's um, awesome. I've been with the series for about nine years now. So, wow. What's the uh, what's the any what's the craziest thing you've worked on? I'm sure you have a couple favorites. At Frontline, yeah. <laughs> oh man, it, it runs the gamut. I mean, you know, we we make films about all kinds of topics. So whether it's like political films or environmental films or stuff going on overseas. I mean, when I first started at Frontline, it was in 2014, and at that time, like ISIS was really big in the news and Boko Haram and a lot of other stuff. So you know, I got thrust into like just seeing more like execution videos than a person should ever have to see in their life. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, you were just saying you're big into horror, me too, but like there's something like that that's like very different, you know, like. Oh, yeah, yeah, because oh, like, yeah. it's real, it hits um, differently. <laughs> yeah. So that stuff's Wait. crazy. I mean, you know, it, it's kind of, we do heavy content, you know, like it's usually pretty serious. Um, so yeah, it's hard to pick one thing, but you know, mm -hmm we do films about all kinds of stuff you know yeah so you're kind of like kind of like dan turner from like archive 81 right like, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah man it's cool i mean i you know I, I i got a master's in library science and figured i'd just be working in university archives for a career and i was cool with that and then i got this gig at frontline and it was like working in a newsroom so it was like fast-paced and people needed shit like right away. It wasn't like a traditional archive where you can wait weeks, you know, people were like, I need this footage now, you know? So, um, it was a different pace to get used to, but I, I can't imagine going back and not doing that kind of work, you know, going back to like a slower, like library setting, you know, um, mm. where things move kind of glacially. So yeah, it's cool, man. It's, it's cool. And it's, it's helped me kind of 
learn my own craft outside of that because I'm seeing producers that are like, you know, winning Emmys and stuff that are making films for right. us that those are good sort of teachers to be like observing, you know, when I'm doing my own stuff. So Yeah, and that's really to to me, that's one of the things that stood out in the uh the Pennywise interview. I mean uh sorry, not interview, uh the Pennywise documentary was the um like the footage. I mean like there there was a lot of stuff in there that like I Either if I if I had seen it, then I don't remember seeing it because it was so obscure. It's like you had found like a lot of stuff that yeah. is not like it wasn't just run of the mill. Like a lot of the a lot of documentaries I see is like you see a lot of footage that has been like overused, right? Like and, mm -hmm. and you actually, I could tell that you put a lot of time into finding things that were gonna like hold my attention because I have a very short attention span. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. yeah, I thought I thought that was dope. It's it's, there was, it's I mean there was yeah, like the crazy for the stuff with like Stephen King. I'm like, where did you find this? This is amazing, you know. So Yeah, I mean that, you know, we're all really proud of that part of the doc. I think, you know, I I don't think you've probably seen any of that stuff just cuz we know for a fact that like it had never been published before or seen before. So Okay. That was like one of the exciting things about doing that documentary is that we knew that there was like a big void in terms of uh production behind the scenes stuff from the miniseries that just has never seen the light of day. And so, you know, there's people like Bart Mixon, uh, who did special effects makeup on on the miniseries, um, who made a lot of his personal photography available to us, which was a game changer, I think. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, telling those stories and, and showing archives, so you're not just seeing talking heads or you're not just seeing clips. I think we've all seen documentaries on different films where they really pad it out with just footage from the movie. It's like, well, I've seen the movie. I don't, I don't need to see, you know, like show yeah. me stuff I haven't seen before. Exactly. So that was fun for the whole team to sort of find that stuff and, and show it in like a really interesting way. Now, what was your inspiration for um, starting the Pennywise documentary? I mean, obviously I'm sure that you're a fan of the book of Stephen King's work of it in itself, but like, how did that project come about? How did it come to fruition? Yeah, so I had just come off my first project, which was a documentary about Pet Cemetery and yes. the film being made in Maine. And then um, I knew I, I wanted to do another project. And the, my partner on that first one had really little kids at the time and I didn't have any. And, you know, so he was like, I want to spend more time with family, you know. So I was kind of on my own and I knew that I wanted to do one on the miniseries, but I was like, I can't do it on my own, you know. Um, so I started writing articles for like Bloody Disgusting and Dread Central at the time. And um, just little like kind of oral history interviews with cast and crew from the miniseries. And one of the guys I spoke with was Bart Mixon. And he, I, I learned that he had this amazing treasure trove of archive. And Bart had just taken part in a documentary with um, who would become my partners on Pennywise about Fright Night and Fright Night Part Two. Um, Gary Smart and Chris Griffiths and Adam Evans out in the UK, uh, Dead Mouse Productions. So, they had known about Bart's archive from the miniseries as well. So I think I posted something online. Gary saw it and was like, oh shit, like we got to get to this first, or at least we got to get to him and try to collaborate. So right. that was 2016. We took us like a, a Skype call at the time and um decided to join forces and, and collaborate on on doing the doc on the miniseries. So that's how it started. Awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah, that, that's great that you kind of like you put out that teaser and you guys ended up working together. I think what I did was, yeah, I was like, I was trying to tease the articles. And so I posted just like a picture of a red balloon on my Facebook page. Yeah. I think Gary saw that and was like, oh shit, like <laughs> we can't let him get to it first. So he was like, So what are you planning? And so I told him, and then, then it was fine, you know. I think he he reckoned he knew, you know, I knew his docs, he knew the pet cemetery documentary. So I think we, you know, we realized. And I had done so much of the legwork already and finding cast and crew and like, I knew the locations. So I think he saw an opportunity to like combine efforts, you know? Yeah. Um, so. It was just, and you know, just props to you because it was just so well shot. Everything was just very clean. It was, it, the, the documentary just really flowed. I've had friends that I, I told about it. My buddy, uh, Don, the other day, I was like, hey man, you should check out this uh this pennywise documentary he's like oh dude i already saw it it was awesome so it's oh, like cool. you know so it's really getting some traction and the people that i didn't think had, had even heard about it have already seen it so nice. um, oh that's amazing great. man yeah and um i just i mean just i mean getting the cast and crew but getting tim curry in there i mean he had some some really cool stories i mean like did you get a chance to to meet with him or to like talk to him one-on-one -on -one or is that just filmed separately 
No, no. Yeah, I mean, he we filmed that interview at his house in Burbank, California. Okay. So he invited us over. We spent the afternoon with him. Um, oh we, we shot that in his living room. And um, I mean, being being New England guys, you guys will appreciate this. So, I mean, I drink iced coffee year round. Yeah. And so he had iced coffee and stuff ready for us. And the Brits were like, what the fuck? What is it? Like, it blew their mind. Iced coffee, like the concept. Um, I was like, oh, it's an American thing. Like, you know. Um, <laughs> they were awesome. probably expecting tea or something but uh right right but no we showed up and there was like cookies and coffee and stuff i mean tim was so like welcoming and stuff and um really funny and uh you know we were all pretty nervous we went out to breakfast right before we were going to his house and normally it's like pretty rambunctious and we're all kind of bullshitting with each other and it was a pretty quiet breakfast i think we were all kind of like we don't want to screw this up you know and going to his house you know it's like yeah it felt like a big deal at the time you know it was you know um for us so i probably would i would have been a dude i would have been a wreck like tim curry is like one of my favorites i mean lord of darkness i mean everything this guy has under his belt yeah. rocky Hour. i mean this it's it's oh that's awesome that you get to spend some time with him that's good yeah it was it was a nice special guy. experience i mean i think you know people have asked us in the past about like what the highlight was from like putting that documentary together and for me i don't know what the guys would say but for me it's it was that morning you know yeah. being, being with tim and um yeah it was just very cool and he had like in his living room he's got like drawings of his different characters that fans have sent him over the years and stuff which is kind of cool that's awesome yeah so, he just seems like such a cool guy so yeah awesome and i'm glad to hear he was he was a nice person that's always refreshing so yeah um, that whole thing don't meet your heroes right but no he didn't he didn't he didn't disappoint at all um, awesome he was cool awesome yeah. So, um, as far as like the, uh, the, the Pennywise documentary, um, you, because of that documentary and obviously how great it was, you won uh, a Fangoria award, uh, which congratulations on that. that yeah. Is... Thanks, man. So how, how did that come about? How did you find out about that? Was that, that must've been a nice surprise. <laughs> oh, it was man. Yeah. I got a message from Chris Griffiths, the co-director with me on it. And he said, um, asked me for my mailing address. So I, you know, whatever, we're buds. So I gave it to him and then, but I was wondering like why he needed my mailing address. And then he sent me a screenshot of the notification that we got from the heads at Fangoria saying that we had won best documentary, which, you know, was really satisfying because we were this little kind of indie crowdfunded documentary. We had $0 for marketing. We had $0 for promotion. And we were up against some bigger, you know, bigger documentaries that had way more cash to play with than we did. Mm-hmm. so it was kind of a nice it was like gratifying to to know that we, we won and i think we found out in february so it's been a tough secret to keep until may but, <laughs> right <laughs> and the award they gave you is pretty badass man it's got like a chainsaw going to the skull <laughs> it's pretty gnarly man here let me I'll, I'll grab it i got it right over here on the shelf that's awesome yeah the, the chainsaw is separate so when it came and it's heavier than i thought it would be yeah so the chainsaw comes <laughs> out which is pretty rad oh dude that's so awesome <laughs> yeah so i asked my wife i was like can we put this in the nursery she's like nah. <laughs> that's awesome fair enough but no we we were all like really kind of surprised and and it, you know i you know i, I read fangoria as a kid and so it's it just it's kind of cool you know yeah. to, to get acknowledged in that way so we're you know pretty pretty psyched about it yeah, man. Seriously, that that's awesome. Congrats. Is that a Jaws poster that I see framed in the background that's blurred out? That, yeah, that is. It's a giveaway. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, let me just then blur. I, I still have the blur up from like work and stuff here. Let's uh, let's get a little more familiar. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Wow, is. it's like when you did that, the whole room just shifted. <laughs> yeah. So when the movie first aired on TV back in. Oh God, 78. Jim would know this. Jim's going to watch this and be like, it was 80. Yeah, seriously. Um, Read the book. It's in the book. Yeah. <laughs> when it first aired on TV, it was sponsored by Datsun Car Dealership. And so this is a poster that hung in car dealerships back in the day. So super rare. I actually did get this from Jim. I bought it off of him years ago. Um, anyway, yeah. Sweet. Oh, dude. I, and I'm obviously, I mean, we could talk about this all day, but I know you're a big Jaws fan. So. Yeah. Yeah, you Guilty. were actually in a uh, you were in another documentary, um, uh, Jaws Fanatics. Uh, I remember you did like a couple. Okay. 
couple things there. Uh, I yeah. was in that as well, and they just filmed like a bunch of people. It's like Todd Braley, I think, did that. Oh, so. that's right. God, I hadn't yeah. thought about that in ages. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird because I went back and watched. I, I I thought about that randomly the day. I went back and watched some scenes of it, and I had seen you and a couple other people that I, I had met. So that was cool. Um, but let's talk about some documentaries that you've done in the past. I mean, you had the sure. uh, the Pet Cemetery documentary. So you're obviously a big horror fan is i mean that is that one of your your favorite horror movies pet cemetery like what was the the reason to, to start that one being one of your yeah first? i don't know i think um so pet cemetery i don't know that i i think it's probably a favorite but i think more for like nostalgic purposes so that was like one of my earliest memories of mm -hmm. seeing horror films and being just totally terrified um and same with same with the miniseries. I mean, I, I'm an only child, but I had a lot of friends in the neighborhood that had older brothers that were like renting far out shit and would show it to us way too young. Right. And so that was like how I got my horror movie diet as a kid. Mm -hmm. So I think as an adult, I go back and I revisit these almost as like therapy <laughs> in a way, you know, like face the monsters that freaked you out as a kid. Yeah. Um, so Justin White, my good friend, who's also in Rhode Island, um, he loves Pet Cemetery, and we were talking one day about wanting to go up to Maine to just to see the locations, you know, where they filmed the movie. And one thing led to another. We were talking to one person. They're like, oh, if you want stories, you got to talk to this person or this person's got photos from the production. And we, and we just kind of organically started going up to Maine every once in a while, mm -hmm. collecting interviews on camera, finding photos, scanning stuff. And we thought, oh, maybe this would be like a YouTube video. But before we knew it, we had a lot of interviews and we were like, oh, maybe maybe this is going to be a documentary. So it was kind of an accident. Yeah. Um, and I never even as a kid, I never had ambitions to like make films or do anything like that. So it was really kind of just like a kind of a happy accident. Um, yeah. And what, what, what was yeah. your like the scariest part for you in Pet Cemetery? Oh, definitely Zelda, like everybody, I think. <laughs> and just not understanding, you know, like not like not understanding like what the ailment was. Mm -hmm. I think even as a kid, like Gage getting hit and his little shoe with the foot in it bouncing yeah. across the road. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was heavy, man. And like up to that point, like all the other movies my friends' brothers were showing us were like the classic stuff that you'd expect, right? Like the Friday the 13th, which were all very kind of particular, but Pet Cemetery was like, an emotional horror film, you know, like it really wouldn't pretty heavy child death, like all this stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so even at a young age, I couldn't probably like articulate what felt different to me about that movie, but I knew it was different. You know, like I had a visceral reaction to that the way I didn't have watching Jason cut someone's arm off, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and knowing that it, later on as an adult, figuring out that it was filmed in Maine, and being obsessed with filming locations. I mean, I, I would go to Martha's Vineyard as a kid just to see where Jaws was filmed, you know, when I was yeah. little. So that's what, that was the impetus for us to go up to Maine. And then that just kind of snowballed from there. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, man. Like, you know, I can definitely relate to that as far as as a kid, you know, wanting to go to all these different locations and, and you know, not just any movie, just seeing like where things were shot because I feel like being there and being like, wow, like, the people that I admire in this movie, like walked in this space. Like, totally. Cool is that, you know? So, yeah, that's the feeling for me too. It's like, I'm stepping into the movie and if it's, if it's a movie that you love so much, like there's no getting closer to it than like going and seeing where it was filmed. And I like to take recreation photos of like scenes from these movies. So, mm -hmm. you know, my wife and I were in New York city a long time ago. And so I got to go find the taxi driver locations. I got to go find the exorcist locations, you know? Yeah. Um, I just dig doing that stuff. So yeah i think um one of the coolest ones i did uh over the past couple of years i was in san francisco so i went and i found the mrs doubtfire house like the full house house you know like, hell yeah man yeah. yeah and it was crazy too because the mrs doubtfire house i stood on the steps and that was that was in june of at the end it was two months before he passed away so it was like wow. super trippy like i stood there and then two months and i have a picture and then like two months later if you take the same picture of the steps and like where I said, there's all flowers, like covering the steps. Wow. So it's really trippy, you know, like it, it's depressing, but also like, you know, wow, I was, I was there like, that's cool. Just before this happened. And it's just, yeah. it's nuts. Um, so, um, 
one of the other things I, I noticed that you were working on was um, something called Hollywood Dreams and Nightmares with Robert England. So mm-hmm. um, is that something you can talk about? I mean, that's I've heard about that. I'm not sure. If, I'm not sure. If oh, definitely, man. Yeah, it's going to it's going to drop um, in June. There's been there's been press and stuff around it. So it's it's kind of out in the open at this point. So, um, yeah, it's it's a, kind of a bio six. Is it June, June 6? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, like a biopic about the life and career of Robert England, you know, looking at him as more than just Freddie. Um, I was archive producer on that uh, with Gary and Chris and Adam, the same guys, Dead Mouse Productions from the UK, same same team as Pennywise. Mm-hmm. Um, and that premiered in Spain, the Sitges Film Festival, where Pennywise premiered a couple of years ago. So super proud of it. Came out great. Robert was amazing. Um been well received synodimes green box have been amazing to deal with as a distributor so um nothing but love for them and yeah that'll be out i guess next week right yeah tomorrow's yeah. june 1st so wow yeah 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 is there uh is there anything we can i mean obviously there's a lot of stuff we can look forward to but i mean like can you give us any can you give us any spoilers not crazy spoilers anything that you that you liked about it that you can speak to without ruining it well, I would say that, and you know, you've probably gathered maybe some of this if you've seen any of the other stuff I've worked on. And, and I know that Gary was, um, Gary and Chris were interested in this element too, is like looking at kind of Robert's personal story, not just him as an actor, but like, who is this guy? Right. You know, so mm-hmm. I think that there's some interesting things in his past, his personal history that people might not expect that, that will give you some insight into kind of where he came from and um, what motivated him. So that's pretty vague. I don't want to give it away for you, but but I think his, his personal story, not just, you know, people, if, if you're if they're tuning in to just get Friday or Nightmare on Elm Street stories, it's not, you know, they're going to be disappointed. It's there's obviously that in there, but we go kind of soup to nuts in his career, man. So um, yeah, and have people from all kind of parts of his career and even just people that are bigger names like Eli Roth gave us an interview. And so, there, wow. you know, there's a good variety of people um, from Heather Langenkamp, who you would expect. Mm-hmm. to a lot of other people that maybe you wouldn't expect so um i think people are going to dig it you know um yeah well robert england i mean he's so well known and he's just like he's super appreciative of his fans you know like anytime i've seen him at comic-con i mean my buddy waited like four hours in line like just to meet him you know because he takes yeah. time to talk to people and i think exactly fans, yeah fans appreciate that you know oh absolutely yeah especially with the way the prices are now at those shows i mean it, you know it's nice to get a little bit more time with someone rather than uh keeping their head down, just signing autographs, like a, a conveyor belt or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So definitely. Yeah. That's been, so, a, that's, that's actually been a point of contention of mine with those shows. I like guess just, and I kind of, I kind of get it, but at the same time, like, you know, you want to meet your idol, give me $250. And like, you know, man, it's different. It wasn't even that way like a decade ago, I feel like. So it's kind of a shame. And it doesn't yeah, even right. feel like you're meeting the person, man. It's like you you literally go and they just like like you said, the heads down, they sign, and they here you go. Yeah. You want do you want a picture? And then you get a picture and then they they're on to the next because the line's like out the out the door and into the street. So mm-hmm. and it's not their fault. I mean, it's they they have a good following and those people show up in droves to actually get these autographs. But if they did take the time to give everybody, you know, a, a warm welcome and you know, yeah. talk to them, then it would be, you know, they'd be there for like a month. Yeah, <laughs> so, it's true. Yeah, so yeah. It, it, it's tough. It's tough to be upset with the 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 actor, but it's just like they. I just feel like it could be like coordinated and organized a little better, mm-hmm. um, so that you can get a little bit of FaceTime. But anyway, sure. I just yeah. like went way off the rails here. But no, no, no. I'm with I mean, you. I, I can speak to that too. I mean, Cooley, you you were there. We were at uh, a, a you know a Comic Con recently, and like you know just getting in to see, you know, a person was like, it, they were delayed. And then when you finally get there, it's like 30, you know, it's like literally four seconds. Mm-hmm. You, know, you don't even get to really say anything to this person. So I think, you know, if I go to any convention in the future, it's definitely going to be, I might pay for an autograph. So I get a little bit more FaceTime with that person, you know, right? just, just to have that, you know, they probably hear it from everybody, but just to have some sort of connection with that person in some way, yeah, you know, right. even if you tell them you appreciate your, their work or something, you know, you want to, just kind of make it um a little bit organic rather than just like oh definitely picture hi picture <laughs> like it's yeah of course cattle, you know? stan yeah. lee tried he tried yeah with mm-hmm. everybody 
Like he mm-hmm. tried to do it for everybody. Um, that was that was like one of my favorite experiences right there. Was that's like, cool. Yeah, was meeting Stan. But now, John, you've <laughs> met a lot of crazy people. I mean, you've you know we were talking about Robert Englund, Tim Curry. I mean, all these Eli Roth, all these great people. Is there anybody that Tim Curry? You said you know you, you were nervous about, but is there anybody else that kind of just like? shook you a little bit like oh I'm like starstruck to meet this person oh in a starstruck way yeah probably gosh um hmm not like tim curry man yeah that's got to be mean, a big one i mean that's <laughs> yeah he kind of stands alone i think yeah um and I've been I've been kind of doing this so long at this point that you kind of lose some of that, which is kind of a, a disappointment. Mm-hmm. You know, like not that it, you get jaded about it, but it's it's kind of like, you know, you're hanging out with these people, or you're you know you're interviewing them, or you're you know I've been doing some conventions over the last few years, and like so you're like, kind of spontaneously having dinner at the bar with Kane Hodder, and it just kind of becomes a little <laughs> bit more like, you know, which is honestly not a brag. It's just sort of like it, it kind of. T- takes a little bit of the magic out of it no it's yeah. kind of like they're like you know just people oh man they're just people <laughs> <Sure>. that, that <laughs> do yeah, a job yeah. really <laughs> you know i mean i i will tell you that like um mary lambert who directed pet cemetery and pet cemetery 2 mary like she's maybe five feet tall i mean she's petite and she has a commanding presence that when we interviewed her towards the end of the process on the pet cemetery documentary like I was walking on eggshells. Like I just was like, not afraid of her, but she was intense. Um, and you know, before that she had directed like all of Madonna's music videos. I mean, she, she's a legend and has like kind of done it all in a way. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't call it starstruck. I, I would say like I was more awestruck and just kind of intimidated. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, I mean, um, Seth Green was a big one. Just because we didn't think we were going to get him, yeah. you know. Um, it was actually funny when I when I saw Scott Green in that because I you know I haven't seen I haven't seen it in in, in a couple of years actually a few years maybe like four or five years my wife and I for some reason I just like I saw great Seth Green and I was like oh my god that's right like Seth Green like he was so young in that you know like sometimes yeah. like you forget it's him so it was definitely cool that you yeah. got him too that was awesome he's been he's he's had a, a great career too so. oh yeah I mean family yeah. guy too I mean everybody forgets he does family guy so that's great yeah he's been super successful which is great for him yeah. um yeah i think that's those are the big ones and i mean there was like a weird so I, I was fortunate enough to go to the premiere of the um it chapter one the the 2017 film yeah so we were in at the chinese theater in hollywood and um i'm in line getting popcorn incidentally with seth i bumped into him and his wife there and i felt a tap on my shoulder and i turned around and it's andy Muschietti, the director, how's the documentary coming? And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and Andy and I have, and since then, Andy and I have, you know, we've stayed in touch and his Barbara, his sister, Barbara, they're both fantastic people. And they had my wife and I up to the, the set for chapter two in Toronto when they were filming and they're wonderful people, but you know, he's got the flash coming out next week. I mean, yeah, he's like a big time director now, you know, yeah, yeah. he was like asking me about my little, our little documentary and so that was kind of a starstruck moment i was just like yeah. this is his big night and he gives a shit about my document like what yeah, yeah. it's, it's kind of crazy it's like it's funny because it's like you know you, yeah you say like i it's kind of lost but you're telling me stuff where you're like oh yeah then he invited us up to the set to the i'm like holy shit like are you kidding me like i would have been amazing to be on the, the set you know chapter two that's awesome man. it was it was we we were we felt lucky i i was there with ben heller from the miniseries uh doing yeah. a convention in niagara falls just down the street from toronto yeah and i had messaged andy and said hey my wife and i are in town and i knew they were filming he said i'll oh, come by the set if you want so he like arranged it for us to get there and um we saw them shoot a couple scenes and barbara showed us around a couple of the sets mike hanlon's library set that they built and then they took us into the makeup trailer to watch Bill Skarsgård get made up as Pennywise, which was just oh like, wow. <laughs> it was awesome. cool. It was very cool. Um, I had never been on a Hollywood set like that before. And the security, man, it's like, as oh, you'd yeah. expect, but like, 
they take your phones, they tape the cameras up, you sign an NDA. I mean, they do not fuck around about like leaking things, no photos, no nothing, which makes sense, you know. But yeah, yeah. yeah they did but, a fantastic job with that. They yeah. Really, yeah. Yeah. Skarsgård was awesome too, as Pennywise. So, yeah. Well, how long did, were you in the, I mean, obviously getting made up. I mean, that's like, that's hours. I mean, how long were you in the trailer with them? Oh man, 10, 15 minutes. I mean, you know, we didn't want to be in their way, you know, so we just kind of bullshitted with them for a little bit. And, yeah. Um, and left but it was cool he was like half done he didn't have the wig on but he had the the makeup on and the, the contacts in and stuff yeah it was cool yeah was he just like hey what's up man <laughs> like, yeah yeah pretty much he looked like he was like excited to just talk to anybody other than the makeup people he was probably at that chair for a while you know yeah yeah for sure I saw one of his like his audition tapes without the makeup it was just like dude just with even without the makeup is freaky yeah. So, yeah. He's yeah. He's great. pretty expressive face. He's excellent. You know. So, um, dude, I, I, this is, this is awesome. I, this is so much fun talking to you about all this stuff. Um, I'm so happy for you, dude, that you, you've had this success. This is awesome. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. It's, it's taken a village. I mean, you know, filmmaking is a team sport. So it's, it takes a lot of people, especially on indie films, indie docs, where, you know, you've got a full time job outside yeah. of a project. You've maybe got, parents you're taking care of you got kids or you know it's it's mm -hmm. a lot to juggle and we're all in that boat together but um no we're super proud of what we've done and a lot of cool stuff coming up so i hope hoping it's going to be a big year this year and next year mm -hmm. for some other other projects too well i mean i know you're working on a, a specific project right now that i've heard about i mean can you say anything about that i know there's um some stuff going on which uh, the Jaws one? Yeah, I'm not sure how much you can talk about that. Yeah, no, I mean we've been da David Bigelow, who's a colleague of mine, was an extra in Jaws back in the, in the 70s and 75, and um, we've been working on this documentary with Jim Beller too, um, uh, called Making the Monster, which is kind of taking a more intimate look at the the island side of the the making of the film, you know. Um, the Hollywood stories have been told a lot over the years. And so we're kind of thinking about this as sort of like a, a, a documentary film version, kind of like Matt and Jim's book, Memories from Martha's Vineyard. Um, and we've been uncovering a lot of new archives that nobody has seen before from the production. Um, we've got almost 50 interviews in the can already. We've been working on it since 2018. So, um, but we've got an Instagram account and we're kind of out there and I think some more bigger announcements are, are kind of coming up um, that I'll, I can maybe tell you guys about offline, but mm -hmm. um, we're excited about it. I think it's going to be a fresh look at the making of this, the movie that people haven't heard before. And if we can time it with the 50th anniversary of the film in 2025. That'd be, that'd be great. You know? So. Um, yeah, that would be awesome. And, and from what I've heard, I mean, there's, it can't be confirmed, but I mean, I would be very surprised if the vineyard did not do something for the 50th anniversary of the film. I mean, I I'm sure they, they will. Yeah, yeah. I think they will. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see what becomes of it. I mean, the, the project has taken on different forms over the years and um, we're just working to finish it. Um, wow. So, yeah. And when I talked to, uh, to Jim about it, he was very excited. He was actually, he told me specifically, he was really blown away at the amount of stuff that you guys have been able to dig up that hasn't been seen before. Mm -hmm. so uh so props on that man because that i feel like i feel like they had found everything but it just seems like this it seems like this yeah. movie just has more and more stuff that keeps coming out it's unbelievable yeah years i later. think if i think if you're working on something jaws related and you can wow and surprise jim you're onto something because <laughs> he's yeah, you know he's seen, he's seen everything so yeah man he really has so and he's been a great asset you know he's on the team with us and so um we've got a good we've got a good team going i think um so yeah we'll see what happens yeah he told me um i forgot i had mentioned this to him and he said uh now that i'm thinking about it i remember he he wanted me to get in touch with you to send you a photo um my grandfather had actually taken when he was on the vineyard while they were filming uh jaws he took uh, a photo cool. of shark city cool. a couple different photos so i'll send those your way um I, I have to dig them up but i'll definitely get them to you if you guys can use it anyway that'd be awesome oh man that'd be great yeah dude send them over that'd yeah be awesome. so yeah so it's just cool because i remember I, I showed that the gym years ago and he was like oh my god can i scan this and then <laughs> you know and i asked him about it he said he's he's like oh i don't, I don't know if i where i put that so i i'll grab it that's, that's awesome. that'd be great man thank you yeah. 
Yeah. Hey, if I can contribute in any way. <laughs> oh, there you go. We'll give you a thanks in the credit, man. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, don't thank me. Thank my grandfather. He's the one who took the picture. That would mean more to me. All so, right. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. So, um, well, John, listen to me. You're a big horror guy. Like, let's let's get into it, dude. Like, what, what oh, are God. your like? <laughs> I'm gonna put you in the hot seat, man. This is probably like the worst question, but it's like, what are your like your top five? I mean, like horror movies. I mean, it's the worst question for you guys because they, my answers are gonna be fucking bizarre. Because um, <laughs> I I tend to gravitate towards like, well, so first of all, the last like six years or seven years, I can't get enough of like. This is gonna sound so weird, but whatever. I'm just gonna go with it. Like family friendly horror and sci-fi movies because right. it's a subgenre that is like so forgotten but there's so much weird stuff out there i mean i just can't i can't overstate it enough i mean there's obviously movies that we all know right like um like little monsters or gremlins stuff that's like made geared for kind of a younger audience but then there's a lot of like b movies that were just like total insanity yeah. that i just dig and now that i'm a dad i'm starting to show my daughter some of the stuff and so i'm just like <laughs> So that's a, a quick caveat. But I mean, I guess if we're talking just straight horror, um, again, man, nothing that's going to like surprise anybody. I mean, obviously the first Halloween. Oh, yeah. Uh, I do love a movie that maybe you guys know it was shot in Connecticut called Let's Scare Jessica to Death. I, I've, I know it. I haven't seen it, though. Which I is from the early 70s, uh, made by a filmmaker, John Hancock. Who was the who's still alive actually who was the original director of jaws 2 before he got fired um oh yeah it's it's more of a supernatural psychological thriller than it is a horror film there's very little blood very little violence but it's beautifully shot all down in connecticut old saybrook connecticut um so it's a regional film and i really dig new england regional films and it's that's one that i find myself going back to um, and Shout Factory did a beautiful Blu-ray of it a few years ago. I contributed small amount of stuff for the special features of that disc, but check that one out. I mean, you guys are New England guys, so you know. Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre again, like nothing like super. I mean, it's just I go back to it all the time. Um, yeah, it's so good. What does that put me at three? Does Jaws count as a horror film? People are divided on this. Does that is that a qualifier? I I mean, I think it does. I mean, I think it's 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 uh, yeah, it's he's like, like Jason Voorhees in the water. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're getting you're getting you're seeing people get ripped apart. I mean, it's disturbing. I mean, I think it's a horror film. Hmm. I mean, if that was to happen yeah. in real life, that's a horror. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So, no, I can dig it. Yeah, I think. Uh, and then maybe again i think some of these answers are just tied up in nostalgia am i saying that these are the best horror films ever no but like personal favorites you know yeah that's that's it man rewatch value i mean the miniseries for me yeah that had a profound impact on me as a kid mm -hmm. and now i just feel so personally tied up in not only that story but the people that made it and now my involvement in like having a small little sliver of the story of the miniseries with the documentary um I could list a lot more. I mean, there's so many. I mean, Pumpkinhead was a big movie for me as a kid. Oh, my God, go Pumpkinhead, yeah. I mean, that that's a big deal for me. Um, damn, dude. Those are up there, though. Yeah, I think for me, it's, it's definitely, like, stuff like The Exorcist, just, like, really, like... Yeah, of course. How could I leave that out? The Exorcist, man. I mean, the first yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. yeah. Um, Exorcist messed me up, man. It was like... Yeah? Yeah, just, like... I didn't expect that. <laughs> I saw, like I saw the like the TV version. And then like one time it was on TV, or my dad was like, "You can watch the full thing if you watch it with me." And I'm like, "All right." And I saw some stuff I hadn't seen before, like the crab yeah. walk, scared right. the shit out of me, dude. <laughs> so, didn't see that coming. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Yeah. You know Does what? You know what? Yeah, go sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. go ahead. I was just gonna ramble, so go ahead. No, no, I was gonna say the the one that I don't think anybody ever really considered. I mean this one gave me nightmares um and i don't think a lot of people would expect it was fire in the sky oh um, yeah yeah it just tripped me out because i was really into like aliens at the time and mm -hmm. i was a young kid i was like 11 12 and it's like there's that whole situation where he just gets taken on he wakes up in the ship he they like basically torture the dude it was just like so traumatizing i was like what is happening this yeah man i didn't Good. sleep for like two days i get awful. it dude yeah, yeah you know 
Yeah, there's movies like that. I mean, I think for me, like thinking back to like childhood, there's like scenes that are burned into my brain that like yes. I would just catch on TV or something. So there's like, well, okay, so the Howling, the original Howling is up there for me as well. I mean, American Werewolf in London, but was the Howling three where there's like the, the the werewolf like busts out of the chest? Not, it's not. You know, there's like something that comes out of someone's stomach that like I just happened to catch on TV as a kid. I and think it, you might be right about that being three, I think. Freaked me out, man. Yeah. And in the same way, I remember I was at my buddy Zach's house who lived in uh, North Attleboro at the time. And his parents had HBO. So we'd always go find like, you know, all kinds of questionable content to watch. Right, right. And, uh, <laughs> and we we just happened to click on to Alligator, the original Alligator. Yeah. Where at the end that the wedding scene where the alligator just goes on a rampage. Yeah. So I click on it. And it's like the moment that the jaws are coming down and there's like a like a like a waitress in the jaws of this alligator just getting completely devoured. And it was just like <laughs> I was probably like I was 10 or 11 years old. <laughs> and uh, it was another couple of years until we found the movie that that was from and watched it and loved it. But so there's like there's like snapshots from movies that had a big impact on me as a kid. You know? Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I would say like for me, it's gonna be The Shining. Yeah. Oh, so um, Poltergeist. Mm -hmm. I'd put uh, Alien, the first one. Yep. There. Yeah. Uh, just I mean, the the tension alone in that movie was like just crazy. Like throughout the whole thing, the atmosphere was like, and oh. and the chest popper. I mean, that whole scene. Just yeah, like, of course. That the was tension, like nightmare was, like, palpable. Yeah, huh? <laughs> it was palpable. That, yeah, you know. Like, oh, sure. Definitely. Yeah, Toxic Avenger. Oh, mm -hmm. okay. Uh, the like a lot of the trauma stuff I was into. Um, yeah, yeah. Like that's that's kind of like my bag, you know. Probably. Uh, yeah, oh, man. And, uh, the first Nightmare. time I saw Rabbit Grannies, I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. Got a copy downstairs, I think. But, nice. Uh, Dude, I don't have know. any of my old stuff, man. I'm so mad. <laughs> um, yeah. Have you ever seen uh? The Guardian, yeah, yeah. I that that was another one that I thought was really good. It was well, it mm -hmm. was well done. Uh, it was, how did, was would that be considered family friendly? Maybe. I mean, I think there were there, there might have been some racy scenes or whatever, but I don't think there. But was they all they all had that kind of stuff, which was great. You yeah, know, like they, especially go back and watch them now, and you're like, wait a minute, what? Like this is a this is a family friendly movie. <laughs> like I don't recall any like super like blood and gore in that movie it was just like super creepy like, mm. it was just the concept of this uh this person that was supposed to be like taking care of you is like this like you know mm -hmm. witch summoner type person yeah. It, it was yeah it was it, it was just so cool um and it, and it definitely like stayed with me throughout mm. you know my, my lifetime so um, and see that's like that's been the impetus for me to get into a lot of these documentaries it's like i've got a film like that and so like i want to learn about it you know and find out more and films like pet cemetery and the miniseries there was nothing really in the public in terms of like interviews with the cast you know no one had heard from tim curry talking about the role um and so it's kind of fun to try to fill those voids you know um anyway yeah it was great it was really great to just hear him talk about like you know, it was great to hear everybody talk about what an amazing actor he is mm. and and how he I don't think sometimes he gets enough credit. I mean, when you look at the amount of work that he's done, I mean, Rocky Howard, Pennywise, Lord of Darkness. I mean, then you people forget like, hey, he was hilarious in Home Alone. You know, they're they're mm. like he just had he's so versatile, you know, and I just think yeah. um, he's one of those guys who who he's kind of got like that, that cult, you know, mm -hmm. appreciation, you know, like mm -hmm. if you're like a Rocky horror guy, you know, who Tim Curry is and like, you probably worship the dude, you know, mm -hmm. but I just don't think like he ever gets another, like he, some people I know, like have seen legend. They're like, wait, that was Tim Curry. I'm mm -hmm. like, yes. <laughs> like he yeah. was unrecognizable in that role. He was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. So um, not just his, not just his acting ability, but I think his vocal work alone is something. Oh yeah. All the voiceover work he's done that we probably yeah. didn't know it was him at the time, you know? And, exactly. Um, you know, 
One of my earliest memories of seeing Tim Curry, my grandparents took me to see Congo when I was a kid. Oh God, I love Congo. Man. And he gets that his like, he plays a Romanian, he gets his head ripped off by one of the gorillas, and it's like, yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Herkima Hulkama. That was his That's name. right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, I'm a I'm a big Congo fan. Like I'm a nerd about that movie, you know. Wow. Like, right he's like, We are watching you. <laughs> it's just like, yes. But uh yeah. Yeah. Do, you, do you think network television could ever replicate like that feeling that they they gave us with the miniseries not really i mean i think it, it came at a time that was unique i mean i think now we're just so conditioned um to seeing a lot of you know the stuff that they were putting in that miniseries that had never been on television before I mean, to your point about The Exorcist, no one had ever seen most of that shit in the theater, you know, no. um, mm -hmm. or anywhere. I still don't know how they got away with some of that religious stuff with the crucifix back then. I mean, that's it, amazing that that movie got made and shown to a general public. Um, well, because God won in the end. <laughs> true, but at what cost? You know, it's still, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm just true. surprised. <laughs> Two priests died. <laughs> you know, yeah. the like, crucifix well, well, was the final. Does he win? Then, yes, well... Yeah go for it <laughs> yeah yeah maybe maybe we no, are I think God it's hard man. i think i think it was kind of of its era and um came at an interesting time and in, and in what was going on in the world and um you know i think it'd be hard to do now i mean i think the i think the andy's movies did a great job at, at reinventing it mm -hmm. um i've always said i would have liked to have seen them take take on it as like a 10 part oh, mini, mini series you know mm. i guess we'll see what welcome to dairy is all about on hbo but um yeah because it's just such a big book you know there's so much in there um oh yeah dude I, have you seen all right so two there were two stephen king projects that i liked um under the dome i finished mm -hmm. and i thought it was actually pretty well done up to a certain point mm -hmm. um a couple of things i was like eh, but um but i actually thought it was pretty well done and then the other the other one was um shit, and i can't remember the name of the show it was on hulu um it was mm -hmm. a hulu original and it was like a it's like they took all of the stephen king characters and kind of like oh okay. made this whole like almost yeah. like a you know, like a once upon a time, like mm -hmm. kind of thing, like, but with Stephen King characters instead of fairy tales. And it was, uh, right. and it was super dope. And I, I want to get back to it. Like the second season is where I, I, mm. where I left off, but it was like, the second season out. was all about, uh, you know, misery. And, uh, it, it was just, <laughs> it was cool. just super cool. Um, have, have you seen either one of those or? Under the Dome? Yeah. Which I, I mostly liked. The one that you're, the last one you're referring to, I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. I'm trying to remember the name. I'll, I'll figure it out. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use the uh, the magic of the internet right now. Do it. <laughs> Ask Jeeves. He'll tell you. Ask Jeeves. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's got all the answers. Uh, Excite.com was the other one. Yeah. <laughs> go to, go to AltaVista.com. <laughs> yeah. I'll, use, I'll open that up in my Netscape browser. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so no man i i i uh i'm excited to see um i'm excited to see what you do next um I, i'm really excited about you know making the monster um this it just i'm a bit you know like i said i'm a big jaws guy so i'm really excited to see what you guys come up with um and love the pennywise documentary mm -hmm. after jaws man i mean is there anything after the jaws documentary is there anything that you have your your eyes set on that you're thinking about tackling next. I mean, I'm because it's always like you always probably have like five projects in your head you want to do, or things you want yeah. to tackle. Um, so I've been working on a documentary that you guys might find interesting, being horror guys and being local like me. Um, I've been working on it since last year. Uh, it's called Sasquatch: The Lost Bigfoot Film of Massachusetts. Oh God, awesome! I'm all about it. And so the the short version, I won't bore you with the details. The short version is that back in the early '70s, there was a Bigfoot horror movie made in the Lowell, Mass area, and it played in the drive-ins. It premiered, and then it disappeared. And it was called Sasquatch, and it it came out in '75, same summer as Jaws, and I, my buddy Matt 
who I went to grad school with, who's also a big film fan. He and I have known about this movie. People have talked about it on the internet. You can look it up. I mean, there's Reddit threads and it's kind of a lost holy grail of Bigfoot horror cinema. Mm -hmm. And um, so we're making a documentary about what happened to that movie and an attempt to try to find the movie. That's awesome. And we've shot, I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking at the script right now. I've been working on it today, but um, we have an assembly cut going with our editor. We've shot 12 interviews. We may shoot a couple more pickup interviews this summer, along with a lot of reenactment footage that we're going to be shooting down in um, uh, Hopkinton and Southern Rhode Island in the woods down there. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of exciting stuff are, is happening with that project that I'm really happy about. And so that's probably going to be out before the Jaws project. Um, but it's it's kind of it marks a pivot in kind of my interest in documentaries, which is looking at lost movies or unfinished movies uh, and telling those stories. The, I did a short doc a couple of years ago that played pretty well in the festivals and is available on Screenbox now. And we actually did a VHS release of it um, called Snapper, the man-eating turtle movie that never got yeah. made, yep. which was shot in around Worcester um so i'm kind of like really interested in this new direction of telling stories about these unmade movies um oh you gotta do the kevin smith superman with uh nicholas cage <laughs> i know man there's so many out there i mean um i've got a i've got a good buddy i think i've got the book here i've got a good buddy up in canada who uh you guys if you haven't seen this book you should check it out it's a beautiful hardcover called untold horror Wow. Oh, and awesome. they interviewed Romero before he died. Oh. Uh, John Landis, Joe Dante, Brian Yuzna, uh, Bill Lustig. They interviewed <laughs> these guys all about projects of theirs that never got made, that were maybe close to getting made or in development. And it's called Untold Horror. It's a beautiful book. I um, love the design work of the cover. It reminds yeah, me of uh, cool. Fright Night. Yeah. yeah it's super yeah, cool. Um, so I think that there's, you know, and like there was that Romero film that was found and recently put out. Um, so I think that there is an appetite for people to like, want to know more about the like, what could have been the films that almost got made, you know, this kind of thing. And so that's an area that I'm really, really interested in. So the Sasquatch project is in post production now. And I got two more that I'm developing in that same vein of sort of lost or forgotten films from the 70s, 80s era, mm. all monster movies. That's kind of my my interest. But nice awesome. nice yeah. you mentioned romero and it just made yeah i can't believe i completely did not mention night of the living dead um, see man that's why it's like name your top five yeah. it's just not possible yeah, yeah. it's not that's you why can't. i ask it <laughs> yeah no no it's good man it's good it's a good channel like a zombie fanatic man like i love zombie stuff man um yeah so that's yeah. cool yeah check out the book i got that at barnes and noble i mean it's easy to i think they're around and it's a cool there's some cool like concept art in there all kinds of stuff so yeah, I was well, actually just well, checking. It's actually on Amazon. You can find it. I think it's like it's like twenty four bucks for a hardcover, which is great. It's worth it, man. It's a really great book, and you know, um, yeah. So anyway, that's that that's kind of like part of my interest of in these new projects that I'm working on. But um, Dude, that's exciting, man. I, I really like. I, I mean, I can tell you just from you know a viewer standpoint that that's something that I would dig, man. I would I would totally be into that, like when you've seen everything or, or yeah. you feel like you've seen everything like for sure to know about the stuff that you've never seen because you couldn't right like it's <laughs> yeah. yeah it's really cool man it's just such a cool concept and, and i'm totally into that right on man yeah thanks well i'll keep you posted on it i mean i think you know it'd be fun to come back and talk about it once it's done and you can see it um yeah because like i said it was shot in and around lowell massachusetts and from what we can tell it was shot in like 72 73 <clears throat> and it looks like it's it's probably one of if not the first independent feature film made in massachusetts ever wow. so nice that's cool from like a historical perspective you know yeah please do man i, I will so, uh I'll, I'll watch the shit out of that man for real <laughs> cool. now is anybody does it look like anybody's found the film like is there is there a full are you gonna tell us you probably know <laughs> he's like i'm not gonna say anything <laughs> so no, he's gonna, he's gonna, yep. I, dude, I can't wait, man. I can't wait to actually see it. That's, oh, dude, if there's, if there's he could tell you, but he'd have that. to kill you. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, yeah, it's, I'm ex I'm excited about it. I, I'll I'll send you guys the poster for the doc. Um, do you guys know Readful Things guy Adam who does like action figures, like custom? Um, he's on Instagram. Uh, no, but Needful Things. That's another one. Yeah, Needful Things. Yeah. Yeah. Holy yeah. Shit. yeah. No, you said Readful Things though, right? Readful Things is his yeah. name. Yeah, he does like custom action figures. It's amazing artwork. Really, you should check him out. He's he's based in New Hampshire, actually. Um, oh why? All right. Oh, dope. I, yeah. I but like Jamie Lee Curtis takes pictures with his figures because he made he made one of her from everything everywhere all at once. I mean, he, he's like, oh, I saw that was on. Yeah. On IG, I, yeah. Instagram. Right. I saw the R.E.E.D. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, R.E.A. R.E.A. I know exactly what you're talking about because I saw that picture. I think she posted it on her story. She did. You guys got to check him out. He's amazing. So anyway, he, he designed the poster with me for the doc, which I'm excited about to have his touch in there because he's super talented. I mean, just like bananas talented um, that's awesome i know ex yeah i'm actually looking at all these um these action figures i these are i have seen these i know about this guy this is awesome he does some great stuff yeah so, yeah, yeah he does yeah he's got a hell of a following too he's got like ninety three thousand followers oh my god he's awesome he does some great stuff yeah so so anyway um yeah awesome well listen john i do i just want to thank you for coming on man this has been oh awesome. thanks for having me on Dude, yeah. I mean, we got to talk about like some some cool horror stuff. I mean, we got to get into what you like, which I appreciated, and I can't wait to see um, the documentaries you've been talking about, man. Especially the Jaws one. You know, I can't wait to see that. Um, just to see the stuff that nobody's seen yet. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Keep me post. Get, keep me posted on Sasquatch. Yeah. We'll do, man. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, well, I'd love to have you back on once that comes out. That would be amazing if you want to come back. So. Yeah, of course. That sounds great. Awesome. Man. Maybe we can do like an in-studio thing. We're all so close by. It's, uh... <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, you know, I wasn't even thinking because most of the when when we talk to people, usually they're like in like far off in another state or yeah, <laughs> yeah, know, fair enough. across That's the country in another. Yeah, it's like okay, but yeah, yeah dude, totally. Like you're yeah, one hundred percent correct. We could like probably walk to your place in a, in about a day. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pack a lunch, you know. Pack a lunch. I mean, it's Rhode Island. If I'm driving, oh, we could. I mean, minutes, we could I'm totally drive lunch. though. I mean, and probably be there in an hour. So. Yeah, yeah. Not even. So, uh, John, if you uh, if you don't mind taking a minute, can you um, tell people where they can find your stuff online? Facebook? Are you on IG? Or yeah, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I don't do much with Twitter. I'm on there, but um, I'm pretty accessible working on a website now but but otherwise you can find me on social media gotcha do you ever do any crowdfunding where if people want to like donate to your to your productions can they do we, that in any way pennywise was crowdfunded um but and the robert england project was crowdfunded but these other projects are not um oh. we're kind of going more traditional like distribution production company route gotcha. um thanks for asking but yeah at the moment not not really um okay. You're welcome to send me a check anytime though, if you're, if you're just, <laughs> no, 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 I know we're like winding down, but I, I want to make sure like, just because that, that's a very interesting, um, you know, thing that you just said, like, so I, I want to make sure people like that are, you know, thinking about doing something like this, uh, is there, a, is there a certain benefit or, or, or whatever to going that route over, uh, the crowdfunding route? Well, I think, you know, crowdfunding is amazing. I think it has obviously given a lot of creative people opportunities to make really cool stuff. And I support that. It, it's also hard, though, because it can be kind of a pretty toxic experience. You know, some some people that give money that maybe don't. Maybe think that it's taking too long to produce the product or they just whatever for whatever reasons feel that they've got like license to sort of harass you. And so th mm. that experience on Pennywise is pretty tough for all of us. And we dealt with a lot of that. Um, so some people give money and they feel like they're, you're beholden to them and they can just treat you like shit publicly and kind of, you know, that's not Now cool. they can eat it because you got an award, bro. Well, I mean, it is satisfying <laughs> to have it done, you know. It's satisfying <laughs> to have it done and, and be pretty well received. But um, no, I, I think, you know, and I won't speak for the other guys that I've worked with, but I think for me, it's like the Pennywise, the Pet Cemetery documentary was self-funded. You know, took six years. Wow. Pennywise took four years. That was crowdfunded, but we also threw in a lot of money of our own. Yeah, you know, the, the crowdfunding goal that we hit didn't even cover everything by far. Mm -hmm. So I think you get to a point where you you kind of earn your stripes. You work enough and you grind away at it enough that maybe you can start pitching ideas to 
companies and just get things paid for. So it's a, it's a matter of opportunity. Like, yeah, yeah. big time. All right. And it does, it does kind of get, it, it, depending on the kind of person you are. I mean, for me, it kind of, it, it gets kind of old going to people and begging people for their 25 bucks for a Blu-ray or a t-shirt. And then, then, then you've got to make the fulfillment happen. So you finish the project. You're like, great, we're done. Oh wait, no, we're not. We've got to mail out fucking a thousand Blu-rays. Yeah. So now you're sitting in your living room, packaging up and going to the post. I mean, it's a drag, man. It's a lot of work, you know? So it's a good thing. It's a blessing and a curse, I think, crowdfunding. And if I don't ever have to do it again, I'd be pretty grateful. And I, so far, so good, you know, but awesome. see what happens. If I want to do a documentary about a batshit crazy family horror movie that no one's ever heard of or gives a shit about, I might have to crowdfund it to get it. Because <laughs> <laughs> a distributor might be like, yeah, we don't even know what this is. We're not, we're not giving you money. Hey, man, I'd watch it. <laughs> Get enough yeah. people to sign a petition that say they'd watch it and then give it to the studio and be like, yeah. this is what people, what people buy it. So yeah. Yeah. Awesome. It's an idea. Pledge. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Pledge your loyalty to me. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> On paper. <laughs> right. Awesome. All right. Well, John, thanks a lot, man, for coming on. I appreciate it. Thanks for yeah, your guys. time, brother. Appreciate and, it. Yeah. And uh, John, it was a pleasure, man. Yeah. yeah and, you too, man. Let's keep in touch. Definitely sure, keep in sure. touch. All right, man. Have All a right, good night. Cheers. You too. Take yeah. care. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for checking out this episode, and we truly appreciate your support. If you are listening to this episode, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast and rate it to help us share these conversations with others who may enjoy it. If you're watching the show on YouTube, please be sure to subscribe and click that notification bell so you can be notified as soon as we drop new and exciting content. Thank you so much again for joining and be sure to tell your friends, just make sure you don't call us Anthony.